Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciates the fine line between collecting gathering and hoarding it's not hoarding if your shit is cool (laughs) my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our journey into unwrapping a few of the gems and geniuses collection comes to a close as we take in and talk 2012's the collection and whether you've tripped on ecstasy at a rave or not mm-hmm. you can listen into our show simply search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are played hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it will download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your french press hole <laughs> and uh, uh you can actually drink a french press and uh follow our shenanigans on social media uh you can follow us on twitter at nightmare junk and on both Blue Sky and Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. But it is only on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and surprise Iron Maiden shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, November 24th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have your, I guess, maiden shenanigans taken care of. Indoors. And that is it. And that's it. <laughs> but better yet, head on over to the Friday Night Fright tab. And the uh, Friday this episode releases, our latest Friday Night Fright is a Kansas City Horror Club tradition. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we say enough about the Kansas City Horror Club. The blackest of Fridays. Because I feel just because of the fact that you're technically the president that right. you're always represented. I'm always representing the Kansas City Horror Club. It's kind of like a package deal. <laughs> but that is to say, you guys do a lot in the community. You do a number of things outside of just movie screenings. Mm-hmm. But it is one of these particular movie screenings, like you said, on the Blackest of Fridays. The Blackest of Fridays. That is back. And we have the annual screening of Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is going to be the shit, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We try and show it all the, every year. We missed a year or so because of you know. COVID There's a lot of things blah, blah, going blah. on, but but for the most part, you know, I'm I'm really glad we get to bring it back. It's and it's with Jim Wernarski. You've got and we've been taking in a lot of Barbara Crampton here lately, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And this is classic uh, Crampton. Uh, this one is a lot of fun, and yes, we will be handing out gum. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of, since we were talking about the Kansas City Horror Club, um, don't forget that on Sunday, December 3rd, Mary Axmas is back. Oh, yes, been finalized. Yes, yeah, start. It is going to be huge. It's going to be at the Stony Creek Hotel, and it's going to be an in independence. There is going to be a ton of vendors. Um, there's going to be a lot of local familiar faces, and we're going to have a Krampus there, too. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And this is the time if you have you know a horror fan in your life, mm-hmm. this is where you're going to find those unique gifts that are going to make you stand out and just be the cool relative mm-hmm. that actually you know can contribute to the horror relative. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to yeah, be a lot of fun. It's going to be a hoot. But then uh, the following Friday, 
Opening December's Friday Night Fright. Hey there, pal. Come on now. What makes the hurdy, the gurdy, the man on the moon? It's Elmer's tune. We've often talked about. It's probably one we wouldn't host. That's funny. Like, oh, no, you probably won't host that one. But as it turns out, I am so looking forward to seeing this one with the crowd. And the yes, beaded curtain has to come no, down. It is, of course, coming out. It's Hen and Lauder. This one has a reputation, but it's also high level mm-hmm. Hen and Lauder. Yeah, it's it serves it's Hen and Lauder's PSA. It really is. It really is. I'm looking forward to seeing that with all of you. Now, actually, no repertory screenings happening on the weekend of the 24th. However. We do have uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon playing, which, listen, we, we just got some Napoleon representation last week with Time Bandits mm-hmm. <laughs> playing, and honestly, I really think my probably favorite Napoleon performance is in Bill and Ted's. When he's at the, okay, I was going to say, I hope they recreate the scene in, in uh, Napoleon and Ridley Scott's when he travels to the San Dimas Mall and he goes to the Ziggy Piggy. Ziggy Piggy. Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> I don't know how faithful Ridley Scott's going to be, but hopefully. Let's, hopefully. Let's, maybe mm-hmm. the director's cut. Right. Deleted scenes. <laughs> It might be there. Walking Phoenix fighting some dude over the last scoop of ice cream. No. I'm just <laughs> taking it. You know Joaquin Phoenix takes these roles seriously, so I'd love to think <laughs> that of all the films that he watched in preparation Villains for Napoleon, yeah, uh-huh. it was definitely in there. <laughs> now, another film that is going to be playing, and I actually am going to be probably checking it, I think actually tomorrow possibly, uh, is Alexander Payne's Holdovers mm-hmm. with uh, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Playing, That's interesting. Playing a put-upon white guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine that. Right. <laughs> but playing within Alexander Payne's sandbox, which is, again, a lot of fun. Whether or not I have to break out the dong-gong in this case, like I said, with Sideways, you do break it out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, MC Ganey and Swamp Thing. Uh, do you remember that one? Okay, yep. Okay, just, just double-checking. And then also... Just saw the trailer for this one. Uh huh. Saltburn. That looks weird. We got a red band trailer. Yeah. So it looks weird. I, I'm curious. And Love if anything, triangles and all that weird shit. Ribald activity. Very ribald. Possibly. Very ribald. I'm, I'm like inviting satire in the upper class and the sexuality and surrealism. And then also, uh, Hunger Games: Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Yes. I watched the first one. Me too. I haven't got anything beyond that. I've seen the first two. Okay. And I haven't gotten beyond that. I know this is a prequel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Donald Sutherland's character, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Do you think there's a part where he goes, <laughs> when he points at people? Or do you think he's like, do you think he was playing Donald Sutherland? He's like, do I have to show Dick? Well, you are playing Donald Sutherland. Sutherland's character. Exactly. <laughs> so. He has this really weird thing in his contract that if you play any continuation mm-hmm. of his character before or after, you do have to, on the bare minimum, Show your ass. Yeah, exactly. But preferably, we're going to break out the... Do- also, apparently, it's a part musical. Really? As well, yeah. Like huh. a secret musical. Huh. Yeah, it's... I've heard different things coming out of it, but I think this is when we're going to start seeing a lot of the Oscar contenders yeah. coming out, a lot of the more serious cinema. Ooh, ooh la la. So may, we might be uh, rubbing elbows with the, uh, the, the fancy folks there. I want to see that new John Woo movie. Oh, yeah, apparently... No dialogue. Yeah. No dice. In- 
Onion at the Belt with uh, We Will You Will Not Be Saved, mm-hmm. and now this one playing, no dialogue, all action. Cool. Yeah, all down with it. Uh, so we hope to see you out there uh, gathering and hanging with the Screenland film family, but genius, if we're talking film family. Hey, bellies. We also have our own little film family hanging a Patreon, and regardless of your tier, uh, you are going to be hearing my thoughts today on uh, Dr. Rebecca McKendry's latest film. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a chance to see Glorious? No, I want to. J.K. Simmons is a glory hole. Yes. Yeah. Highly recommended. Uh, existential, great little bottle kind of film, one location. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is called Elevator Game. Yeah. Based on a creepy pasta thing about kind of possibly a haunted elevator. Ooh. Takes a group of YouTubers. Mm-hmm. So instantly I'm like youths. Youths and not necessarily podcasters, youth. but like still just right. one of those like oh, I'm not sure. Time well spent. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. I had a lot of fun with it, but it's also Is it based on the Karen uh the, I mean the oh gosh, what's her name? The girl who died in the elevator when she was going up to that hotel. There's so the way it plays out is there's the water a, tower. There's a combination of Pressing the f- going to specific floors. Oh, that when you like get a lament come out of exactly, you come out and there's you can't look at the thing, but it gets into the. It's really creepy. It's pretty good. Huh. I really enjoyed this one. Huh. So again, I really actually enjoy her continuous climb, and, and that's another person. Uh, she actually did a lot of Hallmark films. Yeah, talking about Patrick Ray and other people that are doing that there. So yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So uh, to have access to that and so much more. Head on over to uh, patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. And actually, in December, we have a lot of stuff. But in January, we're also going to be loaded with a request and review, mm-hmm. commentary, new horror episode, and all that good stuff. soon, more details on Christmas with the nerds. Yeah, very soon, actually. It's, it's going to be... It's, let's, it's going to be fun. Let's just say the beaded curtains staying out. The beat the, throughout. The whole night. The whole night. The whole the night. The beaded curtains are that's, that's your out. hints right now. Yep. Now, <laughs> a couple of things that I we need to talk about before we get into the actual collection here uh-huh. is a couple of things that have happened recently to me, recently to both of us, actually, everyone gathered here, and one of those was our witness to... Spectacularness? A, a spectacle. Ma- majestic? A choice. Uh-huh. A vibe. Uh, yes. We were in the presence of... Of one of the just largest a gr- live action gritty reboot, reboot of Turd Ferguson. <laughs> That's this, the only way I could describe we it. We were sitting on your front porch, yep. and across the way you have there's a there's a little auto zone. Mm-hmm. And we see a number of people there, first and foremost. But all of us, you, Dustin, myself, we were all there. The second we caught glimpse of this. Because I'm in the middle of a, telling a story or exactly. something, right? And then I was like, well, look at that hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so we go all turn around. And this man, and not trying to shame, but just in awe and spectacle of it, because you don't see this every day. His He had a cowboy hat, but this cowboy hat was comically large not to the point where it was one of those big foam cowboy Mm -mm. hats but maybe about six inches smaller right on the precipice 
of oh, being of a cartoon. It looked like Yosemite Sam in a ten gallon hat, but it wasn't a ten gallon hat because I've seen those in real life oh, yeah, too. No, it, no, it, it wasn't was, like the dude, the yellow feller on the it, commercials. It, it looked was like the man in the yellow hat. It looked like somewhere a distant relative of McGready's hat in the thing. It was enormous, and it was a cowboy hat, and it wasn't floppy. No, it no. wasn't floppy. It, it had still, structure. It still had its structure and integrity, but it was just. <laughs> enormous like he got into his car and he looked like he was driving mario kart and it was a normal sized car but his hat filled up the entire front and he's like how do you drive we're not laughing at it we are we are actually in In admiration yeah oh my lord and he rocked it he was just walking with his thor the hat it obviously opened the door before him. Five feet ahead. Exactly. Feet ahead. The, 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 this, the, the Schwartz, the Force, whatever. Whoa. But this hat was enormous. Enormous and, hat. And it was one of those moments like, we, we have to acknowledge this on the show because I know it's existing somewhere. It is behind a case probably when it's not out in the wild. It is large it, and in charge. It may actually be the thing that's something is controlling him in the hat. Exactly. A ratatouille Like a ratatouille thing. or a fucking men in black alien but, or something. But it was so awe-inspiring that we had to mention it. We just stopped and like, whoa. We like, all, all just, of us yeah. were like, whoa, that is a big fucking <laughs> hat. Man, that hat is huge. Look at that huge. Man, look at this hat. I'm going to ride around on his brim. Look at this. Tiny E was out. <laughs> Tiny Candyman was there. Everyone. <laughs> what good is for acting, if not for being God huge? Damn, that was Just, awesome. It was, it was enormous. It was nice. It was nice to be around. Right? Because nobody would believe me. And even <laughs> you guys, I bet half these listeners like, okay, you saw a big hat. Big fucking deal. No. no right? But this was, it was huge. Like, the hat was enormous. And I get it. I, if, if it'll age us, but think of like taking credit for a big salad, right? You know, when you had no part of actually, you know, buying a big salad and getting credit for it. this is was a big hat. The guy looked like cousin Pecos, Crambone, right? <laughs> Just a big enormous <laughs> Texas hat on this dude. He looked like a, he looked like a live action cartoon. But there were no feathers on it. No, it, it was wasn't take that ridiculous basic. thing off. It was yeah, it, it was, was a giant cowboy hat. That's the only way I can describe it. And it fit his head it to his nose, yeah. but the, like like Mushmel or like from Dumb Donald from the Fat Albert Kids, yep. right? But <clears throat> he looked like a cartoon Texan. Oh, uh, it was great, like Texas uh, Tom, uh, just under a big fucking hat. It was great. It was great. So I was surprised, like, hello human, or like there's like two kids are under that hat I, trying I, to sneak into an R-rated movie. At that point, I thought maybe that inspired Jean Jacket from Nope. Like yeah. it was so impressive. It was Enormous so impressive. Hat. So hats off, kudos to the hat guy. And it was real. It was just real cowboy hat. He wasn't he was dressed up as like a, it wasn't a costume. No, it, it, it was, it, that's the thing. It wasn't a costume. It wasn't a uh, so you can't say part of a way gag, of life. right? It, it was just a guy like, I, like, oh, like I'm going to put on a hat today, my cowboy hat. But that hat is like three sizes too, <sighs> three sizes bigger than the normal hat. It yeah. had to have been custom made. Yeah. It was enormous. It was and not I, an accident. And I've seen people who wear big hats and like cowboy hats all day long. And there's a lot of dapper hats. I mean, like I've been gone on record on this show and on Media Rewind saying that we need more haberdashers. And we're not hat shaming. At no, all. not at, at all. all. It's just the awe and majesty yeah, of this I, enormous. Now, if he had a raccoon tail on it and feathers and shit, that would have been way too much for this big hat because you'd have to have ostrich feathers for this fucking thing. You'd have to have, like, fucking the whole diamond hanging down. (laughs) 
<laughs> fucking python skin band or some shit. So to transition to something that happened to all of us, to something that just happened to me, mm. was uh, my relationship with Charlie. Uh, if you follow on social media, I post a lot of pics of dog of Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wonderful. I love her to death. But on the occasion, I'll get a message from someone saying, hey, I've got Charlie here at home. Can you come please pick her up? like shit okay you little so i go home thankfully she's well known caller escape from cell by charlie well and then i go back and admittedly this says more about me than anything but my fence is a little kind of battered so there's multiple points where she might have gotten out so that means there are multiple times where i've kind of like patchworked Mm -hmm. my way to it so it's it's not fixed but i think blocked enough she would have to really try to get out right so, I'm taking in a soak. Mm-hmm. I've got my window open, and I'm listen. I'm watching uh, Thirty for Thirties Nature Boy, all about Ric Flair. Woo! Exactly. A lot of woos. Mm-hmm. And with every woo, I'm hearing in the back in the backyard. I hear a faint. And again, there's a lot of woos in this Thirty for Thirty. You know what? There's also a lot of the uh, Zuck. Zus spoke of Zarathustra. Mm-hmm. That whole dun, 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 dun. but in different versions. Uh-huh. So you get a Muzak version, but I also hear a faint uh, with it. So I'm like, "What is going on?" So I'm finally like, "Charlie, Charlie," because she is a little behind. Uh-huh. She likes to. I'll soak my beard in the water, and I'll come up, and she'll just lick it. You know, it's a little thing. So I'm like, "Charlie, come get your beard." Nothing. So I'm like, "Oh, there's something going on." So throw everything on. That little shit, I found her spot that she'd been getting out of. It Uh-oh. was very, it was very Batcave-esque. Uh-huh. It was this one board that she, with her nose, she could move it to the side, and when she wiggled through, it would then close behind her. She got caught in this yard. I don't know how she got over there, but she was whining like crazy. So I go out there. Worst part about it is... I'm trying to get her without hopping over the fence. This is a neighbor's yard. They're not home. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to be as low-key as possible. But every time she comes up to me, instead of jumping up to me, she lays flat on her belly and is just trying to get me to love her. So I finally get her leash on her, get her over. But this has been like a year of this kind of happening. So I'm so happy to finally know where that right. little, little poop head has been getting out. But I posted on social media a picture of her with a Kong. And I was like, this is not a good Kong. Because it could have got she could have gotten out again, gone away. This is to keep her in while you're trying to plug it up or I'm something. Like, I'm so mad at you, but I'm also very happy you're still here with me. Right. But, oh my god, Lord. This has been again a long running thing. Ah. Uh, so I'm marking that off the thing. Charlie was adorable last night. Oh, she, yeah, she's, she loves, she loves being around people. She is yeah. very social. She is very social. All right, so. The man who failed Kong. Kudos to you, good sir, uh, for the introduction of what have been probably one of my favorite new things that we've introduced here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, to kind of explore your catalog of movies, which, by the now, way... Now that it's straightened with you, the new shelving... Your little addition. Yeah. I like that. that yeah. If anything... I got more room. I'd like to think that this month encouraged you to yeah, do it that. Did. Yeah, it did. Because you then started looking and going, hey, that's 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 wrapped. Mm-hmm. I haven't unwrapped that one. Exactly. And I was looking like, I kind of want to watch that one. That one looks cool. Well, let's do that one. But it's also, again, a continuation of our celebration mm-hmm. of physical media, mm-hmm. the need for physical media. 
And the fact that what I also really like is that we've explored uh, movies from the 1980s, the 1990s, and here and now the late aughts. Yeah. Stuff that has been wrapped and now unwrapped. And this is one that I wanted to watch for a while because I really enjoyed the first one. And especially after we did the one for uh, when we did it for March Madness. We did. We um, The original, The Collector from 2009 mm-hmm. uh, actually was a contender in 2019's Into the Mouth of March Madness. It went up against House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember the reason for the inclusion of those two against each other. Uh, Deadly House. Deadly Houses, that's uh-huh. correct. That is correct. And that was a first time viewing for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew it by reputation. I knew it was very Saw-esque. Mm-hmm. And I remember being very pleasantly surprised by it because it subverted In- what I was at, my baggage at the time. It was inventive. Yes. Well, and admittedly, my baggage with the Saw franchise mm-hmm. or anything that is Saw-adjacent isn't necessarily something I'm 110% into. Well, I'm digging it. You are that Yeah, I like it. I like Saw, and I like that kind of traps and shit and the ingenuity. I didn't like the collecting with the kitty violence on the collection, so that was the one, like, but... Shall we start right away with a major Yelp review? There's a Yelp review. There's some some badly trained doggies in this movie that get to come up and... That's just it. There's no such thing as a bad dog. Just just a bad bad dog owner, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But fortunately, you know, it's a modern big movie. ASPCA was cool. So we but, did wait till the very end. But there was uh, I was there, right? But there was the Yelp review. So Ooh, it's you, pretty there, tough. There's a there's and they, two dogs, and, and they take it to another level with like even go. cadavers of dogs. But it's not as gratuitous as the cat in one to show the efficiency of the trap. That's fair. You know, so that is these, fair. These are part. Basically, the collector at some point releases the hounds. <laughs> well, uh, this is directed again by Marcus Dunstan. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the Saw connection. So, oh, no. Someday oh, no. we'll find it. The Saw connection. Bear traps. The razor blades in me. <laughs> and he wrote Saw 4 through 7. Mm-hmm. He also wrote uh, the Feast franchise. Which is why we saw the Clue Gulliger uh-huh. shout out through the credits when we were waiting for the aha moment with the ASPCA. <laughs> and you can feel it and see it in the collector and in the collection. But you know the thing that really made this one even better for me hmm. is it took the direction of going from an alien to aliens, mm-hmm. from a descent to the descent to. Yeah. Where you just take everything that worked in the first, you add maybe some more hired goons. <laughs> goons. Hired goons. But uh, well-armed hired goons. Yeah. And throw them into Well-armed the- hired goons. And throw them into the t- <laughs> traps. And throw them into the other yeah, heart of our villain's lair. And I like the fact that it's like, it continues from when the last one left off. Mm-hmm. Not quite Halloween 2-ish, but, but enough where you're like, okay, this is pretty much right previously on and like the way they handled the previously on too i really like that actually because that's kind of my favorite kind of exposition where Mm -hmm. you just get with the news and the debates that are going on but this is both a first time viewing for both of us that's why i want to knock it off because i enjoyed the first one that's just it and it fits the theme for everything in fact i was kind of excited Mm -hmm. going in on this one knowing by reputation that the opening scene was next level yeah now that being said i remember hearing about that a long time ago 
And there were multiple moments in this movie. Well, we had a that... Rick Dalton moment right off the beginning. Like, hey, Shooter McGavin. Okay, Christopher McDonald's inclusion. I'm and... gonna make a move. Oh, that's a wrong McDonald. Wrong one. Wrong one. <laughs> but Shooter McGavin aside, and given my love here of well-known love of Grease Two, mm-hmm. he's one of the T-Birds in Grease Two. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but he's also just a welcomed familiar character actor face that spoil not even a spoiler alert we initially were like a well hello, hello shooter mcgavin goodbye, goodbye shooter mcgavin because he comes in and it's like hey it's shooter mcgavin and he's got maybe five lines in the entire movie mm-hmm. on screen he's maybe five minutes right he made he shot his scenes in a day yeah he did but one of the scenes he's just basically in the opening scene he's plowed right through this horrific like like car wreck and we're like holy shit and I it's thought, graphic i thought we were going a changeling esque mm-hmm. route right and then we open up with a very uh seven of the lambs type style mm-hmm. of opening with like uh and i i dig it oh yeah it, it that's just it it's giving me everything i want it's catching me up in a stylized way right and also again kind of setting up the the route that we're going to go into and explore and that's where we got a lot of our previously on too yeah. so it made sense and it's just like okay here's where we are let's, let's continue with the story and then would even give you more exposition as the story went along it didn't seem it didn't it never talked down to its audience like it it seemed like it wanted to prove that it's it can be a story beyond just gore and torture porn, and that's fine. And if you can, if you can exceed my already not necessarily lowered expectations, mm-hmm. but that's just how I go into with a lot of films. That's great, mm-hmm. but that makes it even more painful knowing that we are veering into the tortury aspect right. of that particular genre and horror, which. I just, it's, I don't know. I, it sucks for me to get invested with some of that. But that being said, though, here is something that also hit a sweet spot for me is where it's, this is a 82 uh, minute long film. Yeah, it's quick. It does not overextend its welcome. We just recently talked about Thanksgiving uh-huh. running an hour and 40 when it probably should have been an 85 minute long film. This movie runs at a steady pace. Yeah. It fills in what it needs to, but it's always inventive and it understands the purpose of a sequel is to do it bigger, badder, and bloodier. And knock off 99% of your cast in the first five minutes. Okay, so we open up with, and I don't want to get too creeps of nostalgia, but admittedly, back in the day, the pixie cut always worked for me. Me too. And like, so we open up in like an early 2000s underground rave, and you know nothing's good when you have to have a password. Which, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between, we're watching this in, in the confines of Genius's house, so we're kind of talking along, so this second... The nanosecond. They go, what's the password? Orgy. In stereo. <laughs> and then the requisite, hey, aren't we funny, giggle. <laughs> but admittedly, is this was actually a cool little reveal. The guy out of the black, mm-hmm. what's the password? You, the lair opens up behind them. And then from the yellow brick road that they're on to this weird psychedelic thing. And I'm like, oh, my kind of place. And that is something that I think we mentioned you when you're a younger genius. I would have loved You it may there. have found yourself I there. I probably right? would have wound up there, the underground club, throwing caution did, to the wind. Did you ever? Did you ever attend any kind of a party where I needed a password? Where you needed a password? No, really, always, that's a bummer. I know, right? I, I was always like, "Come on in," or like nothing, like, "Hey, what's the bastard?" Like ten dollars, please. You know, <laughs> so like that's usually what the password was. I'd slip him a Jackson, but uh, no, um. 
I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But at but you did my attend age, a number of raves oh, yeah. back in the day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, especially back in Colorado days. So anyway, wow. <laughs> but uh, no, so but then like I'm like, okay, I wonder how they're gonna dispatch all these people. I know it's gonna be gory and stuff, but like, who's gonna survive? Because at first I didn't know who was gonna be our mm-hmm. real final Cause person. Because we we don't spend a lot of time with the with the characters, but enough we're like, okay, these are our, our sexy teens mm-hmm. doing sexy teen stuff, and like, uh oh, looks like there's gonna be a love triangle romance or something and a heartbreak. But then we go up to. Which I don't understand why the collector we don't have a little bit more of it because he's a creepy looking dude. When we oh. go up and like pan up and he's just kind of like fan of the opera, looking over everybody, just yeah. waiting and biding his time, looking for yep. who he wants to kind of a quote unquote save from mm-hmm. the chaos. Sample have a sampling of right. Yeah, it's perfect. And there were numerous shots throughout this movie, through the cinematography, through the lighting, the structure of everything. They really up the game from the first one because he's creepy oh he's beyond creepy and he's physically imposing in this one but he also looks like he and he has to be probably with the 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 shape of the mask but a mouth breather right <sighs> but he's got like little beady eyes and he's wearing that yes. gimp mask with his like trumpet that he blows in people's faces after they die do you think he was influenced by Chacal? <laughs> no he doesn't blow through people's trumpets faces but at the same time he is creepy <laughs> but i was like okay I knew that there was going to be something big, but I didn't know exactly what. And I'm like, okay, he's going to do something to this thing. Because they said in the thing, in the opening montage of his violence, that like no businesses are safe because he'll just wipe out everything in the Mm -hmm. building. And I was like, okay, if we're going to be in a rave, how are we going to do it? And you even mentioned when we were walking through there, you're like, well, if the bl- if the blood starts pouring, still not a deal breaker. Right, exactly. (laughs) But then... uh, the one person is like, oh, what's that shiny thing up there? That looks like a thresher. But the fact that it looked like part of the decor, mm-hmm. that it's just so, the fact that he made everything so like blend in and so sinister. That's good feng shui, genius. Very good feng shui. That's not an accident. <clears throat> and he took out everybody on the dance floor. This you is... would think people would duck. Well, this very gave me kind of a ghost ship feel yeah. where you have that opening slaughter. This one is gory. It's gratuitous. It is. I thought it was grand, and mm-hmm. it was one of those that we were definitely reacting to. And I had heard this was the reputation that that opening kill with a thresher. Which, listen, I never really went. I don't think I went to a rave proper. I assume there were a number like the foam from above. Right. I assume right. Right. Blood. That's fine. I'm daywalker. Exactly. Not but the not idea of a got thresher. thresher. That's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Threshing is not a good like adjective but i was or like any kind of a yeah or anything any kind of verb yeah it's <sighs> not pleasant and they show the after they show it all and you it's just everything. it's super super fucking gory just blood splattering everywhere but somebody should have ducked at that point and they're like oh shit half the dance floor is just being eviscerated right now i'm gonna duck but then they pull back and then everybody's like on the floor all uh <laughs> all it, d reynolds it's <laughs> I saw that little corner wiggling around, mm-hmm. moving around. Oh, but wait, there's more than the knives very a la uh, uh, Last Crusade when they're, the knives coming out of the window, just kind of oh, like yeah. trying to slice people in half. And then all the people trying to escape, basically, which gets stuck in a French press, a giant it's French press elevator and just squishes the people to death. That part really bothered me. 
and I don't know it why. It's terrifying because it's awful. They show the whole it's, thing. It's so slow, but and it's the inevitability. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, you do indeed see the crushing. Because she's over there, come and, on, let me out, let me out. And everybody's trying to get out, and they can't move, and they have to just get lower and lower and lower. And you just and hear he, the bones crunching. And he's above them. Watching. Slowly the descending. Just laughing. And then, I don't know, is it... Is it the first little bit of juice that pops out that's the best, that's mm-hmm. the purest, or is it the stuff that you know you have to like let settle oh, in? Oh well, first you gotta let the first juice set. That's the and catch that, but then you get the oil, the juice. See, and I've I've always mess up the French press. Mm-hmm. It throws me off, so I just have my little Mister Coffee, and I'm fine with that. Right, I'm I'm fine with it. Just give me whatever. But at the same time, it was so just it's wonderfully gory, it's and then gruesome. like okay. That's five minutes into it. What else do we have? What happens then after that? Because like right? you said, the two of the love interests are out. The best friend is out. We are left literally. And then hello from our first film, our main guy, the thief. Mm-hmm. That is, And you mentioned throughout the movie, both of our main people are Batman-esque. They are And their so abilities to problem solve. Smart. It's and, great. And that's another thing I like about this. Uh, people are like, oh, horror movies are dumb and like there's dumb people doing dumb shit. Nobody made the wrong move in these movies, especially no. in this one. Everybody was very smart about it and we could understand why they would miss not seeing a trap or why they would fall for a trap or why they would actually, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you dumbass. It was like, well, that makes sense. I mean, these traps are pretty brilliant. But in the meantime, our final girl and our thief are pulling out some just ingenious shit out of their ass. Like the fact that he was digging into his arms, how far they're going and making like a map to plan revenge. I'll take it back again to Jeffrey Combs. That is a roadmap of pain. Yeah. It's, and it's the creativity of that, that attention to detail that I appreciate. And then even her, even her, the way she uh, could escape and then jump into the vents. A lot of things she did everybody did was extremely smart and even the villain the traps that he was set up like were borderline pretty fucking kevin McAllister jigsaw brilliant i mean this was not saying it was a smart film but like but it made a lot of sense and nobody was dumb in this movie it wasn't just a dumb torture porn thing there was some like oh that's actually pretty tense and very good outcome. Well, it turns out if you are residing in the Argento Hotel, you do have certain um, expectations right. to live up to. Do you want the razor room? The barbed wire room? The, the- Suspiria suite Exactly. Is- the best thing with that, though, is the fact that the decor, towers. you're always turning things just to see if you get like a side hatch that opens. Mm-hmm. The You would finally, I think, there is, of course, you're going to have for your music hall with the opera. Exactly. With the little needles on there. Like you had Tenebrae Towers. Then you'd have also, you could move into the Fulci part where he's all part adjacent to the Argento Hotel, Fulci, Fulci Towers. It's just a little different. Well, mm-hmm. and then the question is... Drama. Not if whether but there's not- a lot of dumb waiters. Oh, and of nothing course. good comes from dumb waiters, especially when there's a bunch of bodies at the bottom. What? The fact that he oh, has mutants. Yes. There are mute. There's there's all sorts of stuff that he's doing because it's his home base. Mm-hmm. This is where, ideally, the mask comes off, the shoes come off, right? That the top button comes unbuttoned just a little, and he relaxed. Mm-hmm. He goes from a collector to a relaxer. You need that genius. You have to find a balance in exactly, your life. Exactly. And, but then all these people come in like habitual line step and fuck with them. So what does he do? He releases the hounds, releases the mutants. Uh, he even does a little bit of faulting and releases spiders. 
There, there's there's some maniac call, call outs. With there, the, there's the Spinel Suite. The Spinel Suite. Again, so there is totally a beyond homage with the spiders. Absolutely. But like I was going earlier, some of the smart things that they would do, like the fact that she used a bra bomb to get out of the, the hatch. The bra bomb. And then, of course, what is said? Right. This better work. Nerdlinger. <laughs> and she did great. She... Everybody just was so smart. So in this it's film. Uh, Emma Fitzpatrick playing Elena. Yeah, sure. her as our final girl, our survival girl is great. Uh, Josh Stewart as Arkin, I thought was fantastic. And then you have your collection of mercenaries mm-hmm. that are being sent into breakout, um, you know, rescuer. And like I said, the hunter becomes the hunted. Very aliens, like it, earlier. It, it follows that particular blueprint, and from alien to aliens. It might. Some people say it exceeds it. I know there are probably some supporters of the descent too, mm-hmm. but I know there are a lot of people that like. I like what they are trying to do, but did we need to do that? Right. And with this one, I actually like getting a, a look at the collection, mm-hmm. as it kind of gives a lot of the the people behind it, being the writers, the production designers, your special effects people, time to shine. You get to go. Nuts. Really weird and creative. Nuts. Like crazy. That taxidermist at uh that uh, panic fest. And then the vendor lofted down. Really upset She'd with this pissed. movie. Oh my good god. She'd be so pissed. But like just <laughs> the different human centipede type shit going mm-hmm. on. And every room was different. This mm-hmm. would make a wonderful haunted house. I'm I'm shocked they haven't done that. Me too. I actually just watched a Jennifer Jason Lee film called uh, Heart of Midnight. She inherits her uncle's, late uncle's uh, nightclub, and it's got this, what I would call a a jallo hallway. Mm -hmm. It's basically bathed in red, has these really interesting, like, furnishings, but there is a chakal like room oh really and there oh lord it very and it kind of gives me that kind of feel with what they have going on here well and and the fact that it was mean it was a mean it's, and it was well, gross yeah. because even some of the stuff like some of the violence like the mask made of razor blades was gnarly um well, but one of the gnarlier moments that just made me like flinch and squirm and be like nope is <sighs> when the collector gets him and spoilers and they're trying to escape, and the only way to escape is to re-break his arm. <gasps> when she re-breaks the it's... arm, it was that that actually made my stomach turn a little bit, just because it wasn't gory. Mm-mm. It was just looked so real. The and... sound effect, and to the point where you could see the skin stretch, <gasps> but not break. But not break. That's that's what got me. Oh, that's what got me because oh. I've seen this thing protrude, and I'm like, sure. okay, that's makeup and whatnot. But when it didn't quite break. I'm like, oh, like I could feel in the pit of my stomach, like, oh, just for the money, like, <laughs> that, that, that felt bad. And honestly, the fact that there's kind of a similar bone breaking scene in Thanksgiving mm-hmm. as well. I guess, you know what? I'd like to think a lot of people are watching a little bit more Indonesian films. Yeah. And incorporating bone breaking into their movies. But the first thing that made me like, yep, that's the smart thing to do is not only when you're going to use the body as a human shield, <laughs> but when you're going to use it mm. to break the window and then cushion use it fall. to cushion your fall. I was like, yep, that is exactly what you do. You loot the that bodies, actually... use the bodies. If that's going to cushion your fall, they, who cares? They're already dead. Throw them in the trash. So, like, jump out the window. and look. I was like, this dude is smart. And then she He's... does more smart things. I'm like, 
everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. They're both survivors. Right. They have that instinct. And also, that's one of the things with this movie. You talked about the meanness. And I think a reason why I know I initially stayed away from The Collector back in the day, because I knew the reputation of the mm-hmm. meanness and anything that is torture porny adjacent associated with possibly even if it's not right it just i it was never my thing so i understand when people can be turned off by this but i do think the way it's portrayed is it's more yeah more than just basic torture porn yeah no it's there's reasons behind everything and i mean i would even go in the way of like looking at the saw this is not it's it's crime it's horror crime Mm -hmm. because he's going around Setting up traps. He was originally a home invasion movie, mm-hmm. and the, your even your hero, your protagonist, is a criminal who went in there at the beginning yep. to steal. And even on this one, this is a motive of revenge until he's forced to do it, and then becomes a reluctant hero as a rescue mission. But at first, he's like, "Fuck him, fuck everything. I'm, yep. I'll go," which is appropriate, which is the right thing to yes, say. Exactly. Like, I'll, okay, I will lead you to here so you can go kill him. You had I'm a lot gonna... of you had a lot of empathy with him at that I point. Did. I was like, yes. "That's why you guys are you... doing the right thing." So that's why I was like, "This is a smarter it's... movie than people would expect." No, and that... especially with the collab. And like I say, I think it gets in lumped in with that whole torture porn thing, but I think there's more to it than that. And yeah, it's there. Kind of like what we said earlier on the Thanksgiving episode. Spoilers for you pallies and all that. But um, it this was at a time where it was easy to be edgelord, but I think there's more sure. edge than lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also, it's, it's drowned in those specific colors that you're associated with at that time, so it's very dank and dark. There's a lot of grays. Yeah. But because it is the Argento Hotel, there there's were some, some red reds. rooms. They were there's... absolutely. That's what I appreciate in this, that it does go a little bit of beyond mm-hmm. of what I remember with the collector. Well, and if you're going to name your hotel the Argento Hotel, you had you better. know yeah. what you're doing. You're getting creepy eyes. Right. They might be glowy. They may not be, but you're getting those. And he, you know there was a room full of barbed wire. Yes. And there actually was a lot of red rooms and red hallways. I could see the Suspiria influence but, in some of the set designs. Yeah, but this place is huge. It's, he's got a hotel. It reminded I want to hate to say my favorite serial killer, but oh god, my one of my favorite serial killers of like his his exploits and stuff, which I think is very underutilized, is H H H Holmes. Oh, the murder house, the guy. murder hotel, yeah, murder where hotel. all he had the dumb waiters, he had all rooms full of traps. Which, so if we know anything, kind of, this kind of like scratched that itch. And dumb waiters are bad news bears all all a fucking round, right? Like I like <laughs> like this, earlier, mom, like when I was doing stuff for, when before mom came over and all. That stuff and like, she's still doing better now. But when they're like, maybe you should install the dumb waiter. Like, no. Last <laughs> thing I'm gonna do is put a dumb waiter in my house because bad things happen in dumb waiters. Bad stuff. You don't want that juju out in the world. It's really funny too because we were talking about what would happen. You know, if the, the body swapping happened or you know it was invasion of the body snatchers. Right? Like that's one of the things. Jay installed a dumb waiter in the house. Nope. I wouldn't install an Iron Maiden, though. That was kind of cool. I wasn't expecting the surprise Iron Maiden. I, no one is suspecting the Iron Maiden. Spanish Inquisition style <laughs> it was Iron Maiden. Great. Well, there's, there are so everyone basically that is involved that has a line or two gets a pretty exquisite kill. Yeah, everybody's going to die. Going out in a grand, glorious, gory way, mm-hmm. a lot of practical, a decent CG that's not distracting. Right. I That's think because it was mostly more practical. Oh. Than, it was maybe like, what, 70, 30? 
Yeah, I would even didn't... maybe even a little bit less. Yeah. yeah, so I enjoyed that. I didn't. <laughs> it was a bummer that they had to shoot Buck Flowers to get the cops' attention, but at the same time, I understand that worked though. That was yeah, like that, that was another brilliant sense. thing. Yeah, I was like, that's it's pretty like holy shit, smart. that's great. But yeah, that guy, those two guys exist in their own Gildestern and Rosencrantz, Rosencrantz kind of movie. You know, I heard that place is haunted. <laughs> oh, fuck a peckerhead! Who the fuck shot me? He's going around. <laughs> Somebody call the police. The other, <laughs> I can't. I got warrants. Flies in the blue. Make shoot, flat shoot, right? And so, no. <laughs> oh, but it, it makes sense. It works. And in fact, looking at our collection of mercenaries, uh, Lee Turgeson, one of the guys, I recognize him. I didn't realize what I recognized him from, but he was in Oz. Back in the day. With a snip, snip here and a clip, clip there and a couple of la dee dahs. Uh, Andre Royo is another familiar face. Uh-huh. Uh, there was just a number of these people. I'm like, I know you all from somewhere. Yeah. And it is a variety of 90s and 2000s uh, TV, direct video, uh, background actors. But everyone, like I said, established themselves enough. So by the time they died, I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's like rant. Well, and then also you were, they, you want you knew they were gonna die. Nobody you didn't oh, really yeah. want them to die because they were doing something just. But at the same time, it's like okay, if you're gonna die, at least you're gonna go die how well, spectacular. And there, there was that one guy that got the hook in the undersaw the of the hook? jaw. Oh Ooh, yeah, the fish hook kill was great, and the fact that he was used to for the collector to repel down yes. and then fuck up people. That's the thing. The collector was very physically martial art, martial arts enhanced or something. Very much into knife play. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I think possibly they were watching some Indonesian flavored content. Right. It's and which actually kind of I really like because he, in essence, he's kind of if Batman went wrong. Right. Because he almost has a utility belt. He obviously has his bat cave. The only thing missing is like a giant penny and a giant like T-Rex in the background. He, he's got hounds. He's got mutants. Mu- the, mu- the, the mutants and the body dumping area. Yeah. Very, in fact, again, some of the shots in here, I remember I actually, I wrote, I drew out that one shot where it started with a small circle and then opened wider and then even wider was that top down shot yeah and there was that one shot where i was like oh that's fancy that where it's kind of circled in and then it circled out there was a lot of trickery involved that i was like these are some very well done choices that's just it choices were made this goes and this is where this kind of for me separates it from that just casual torture pointy stuff which i don't think this is Mm-mm. it just leans more into the mean and nasty but then when you get your little artistic flares and touches right. i'm like okay good job marcus dunstan that's that's what i'm enjoying that's gonna actually you know enhance this for me it kind of reminds me akin of it's a, an american contemporary to french extremity okay Okay. Where it's okay. very violent and gory, it's just a little bit more artistic than your normal just like torture porn. Sure. Because I think that's, that's... kind of the hallmark of French extremity. Because it's fucking violent, it's fucking gory, it's uh-huh. dour and mean spirited, but there's artistic flourishes that kind of give it a bit more than just the gringe and the grunge. What you would expect. And in this one, it's very gringy, very grungy, very dirty, very mean. But there's a little flourishes of like artistic flair and like subversions of what you're gonna do and inventive kills just enough to just put it more than just the guts and the gore. So I think it's like French American extremity. It's fair. Franco America, French French. 
it, it was it was elevated torture porn horror elevated torture porn there we yeah. go yeah. i like that it, well i don't like elevated horror but i do like <laughs> elevated torture porn <laughs> it's like i said there's just that combination of the production design like the re- i love the reveal of someone's collection again the yeah. whole purpose of this thing is right the digging co- into your collection. collection and i like the fact that we still don't know who the collector is or was and he's still kind of technically well, spoilers for a ten-year-old movie. He's not out there, but no. he's still not dead. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, and it's actually it made me think of, but a cathartic ending nonetheless. Great ending, great ending. Yeah, I loved it. But it actually made me think of uh, when's the last time you watched Eight Millimeter? It's been a minute. I remember really like, oh, oh yeah, it's a little, a little. But there's the character of Machine, uh huh. And you finally you meet Machine, and he's like, you know, it's not what you expected, was it? It's Chris Bauer, yeah. professional pervert Chris Bauer. That guy just cannot play a nice looking guy. No, I think the, he was also in Oz. Is he there, David? How, David Patrick Kelly? We were talking about. He, oh yeah, he doesn't yeah, never play a plays nice guy. Well, there's there's certain actors that Excel based on what they bad. have, yeah. yeah. Just li- if you can make yourself a living and be memorable at the same time, mm-hmm. why not? But you never see the collector's face, and I think that's important. Me too. Because I think that kind of humanizes him. And it takes it away from other people stepping into that. Not saying... Oh, and sure. You're, you're yeah, right. Well. But, you know, I think it goes to the thing. His human face is not his real face. I no, think, I yeah, think his, like the like mask... Batman. Yeah, the mask is who he really is. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I also like the, the shots of him putting on... Getting ready. The mask. Yeah. The preparation. And he's always so cool, calm, and collected. Even when he's losing his shit, he's still like calm there's a moment where he actually seems a little even engaged mm-hmm. when he got some of the fight back where he's like oh wow Ooh. okay cool i'm getting okay Get let's do this back. yeah let's do this Get a little complacent oh, here collector got his groove back Ooh, there is a cheek stab the cheek stab i don't know what it is and maybe it's because i had some menudo today yeah. so i know i had some tripe and everything where'd you get it at uh over at um my local um uh Oh, Jesus, Criminelli. You know what? Hold on. We'll be right back. It's my side, San Antonio. Uh-huh. It's where I usually get my barbacoa tacos for Charlie. Yeah. I knew they did it on the weekend, but I didn't know they did it to go. Oh yeah! And so I just got it. Did to you get go? a big old fucking sixty-four yes. or forty-four ounce cup. Of oh it my god! It was wonderful. Cilantro, some lemon or lime, and some but, onion, and some salt. Mm-hmm. But again, for, be it intestine or cheek, it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh my god! Anytime the cheek. I think because we everybody knows how hurtful it is to bite the inside of your cheek. Mm-hmm. Now imagine being a ripped part. But it's so delicious. Yeah. Right. At least I'm getting it. You know, more uh, uh, rare on this side. Uh, better them than us. <laughs> uh, other thoughts looking into the collection here. Yeah, let's see. Wanting to make sure we here. covered all because I also want to talk about the closing credits. Uh, Shooter McGavin, what's the password? Bra bomb, let the bodies hit the floor. Fish hooked, flipped and Whew. zipped. Um, Spinelli sweet, buck flowers, face stab. And I wrote Catholic at the, at the very end. I wonder why I wrote Catholic. Feeling guilty? Maybe. Feeling thirsty? No, I guess so. Enormous Patros. Was there a Enormous Patros thing? No, maybe not. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was... Actually, I liked 
I like this better than I like the original. As did I. As did I. And it was the the credits themselves that give you another chance to kind of hang with the. That's crowd. right. The best greatest hits. I like those stylized credits. And, it's, and especially if like someone dies horribly, and that's just how you see them. You're like, oh great. Like they do in Shopping Mall mm-hmm. with Susie Slater. Susie Slater. Your head explosion. Yeah, I like that. I think they need to bring that back. It added a little bit of element of fun and a little bit more meanness. Kind of a little bit cheeky, if you will, <laughs> which I think is appropriate. And mm-hmm. they also do open it up to more collecting, mm-hmm. which I know that. There have been talks about a third one. I, I, you know what? It's, I, I would say they, if that ship has sailed, if it hasn't been ten years, yeah, but because it has been ten years since this movie. But at the same time, Saw got a remake. I mean, there's still people who like, me included, mm-hmm. that crime horror. Because that's what this and Saw is. Sure. It's crime, horror, with just like traps and deviousness, you know? Um, I like it. And I think while there could be more stories, if done right and done smart like this one, where people are being actually brilliant and proactive yeah. when the bra bombs do work, <laughs> I think that's what makes this work. And I think that's yeah. why this is better than the original. And it's a, I'm not going to say it's a crowning jewel in the subgenre of like torture porn, but crime horror i think it gets a bad rap i think this movie was criminally underseen because yeah. of the stigma that's of the again, torture porn. the baggage it's, yeah. it's pretty rough and that's like i said that's my own bias and baggage that i had and if it wasn't for the show i wouldn't have watched the collector mm-hmm. i wouldn't have watched the collection and like you i i really liked it i yeah. walked away going hey that was that's pretty good it was and again it's not necessarily fun but it was mm-hmm. uh the meanest parts where and again the Yelp portions of this, the fact that he utilizes pieces of the puppy yeah. to get through one of the, the, the traps. As much as I don't like you know, a, animals hurting, at the same time, you do what you got to do. You hey, loot the bodies. But that could be a possible deal breaker for people. Yeah. I think we stressed at the beginning. But it wasn't as mean as the cat in the, for, in the first one. No, that's true. Because that was mean. Do, do you think he has it against all animals, You know, from cats to dogs? I think so. I think so. Do better, Marcus. Yeah. Do better. Do better. <laughs> no, this was, listen, this was, this whole month is one that I know we'll be doing at least once a year. Uh-huh. Possibly more, depending on, you know, depending content. On, like, uh, what do you want to do this month? I don't know. You want to unwrap something? Sure. Well, and that's just it. It's finally <clears throat> digging into your collection. Yeah. Because I'll say this, everything I have in my collection is unwrapped and I've watched it, but my collection is but a snippet it's insulting to call what i have a collection compared to what you have so i want to make sure we dive into and make get use out of your collection so it doesn't you know just you know gather dust well i know we will be in uh in some of the months that we got coming up because i know kai june we're incorporating them into other months Mm -hmm. no it's the best part man so uh, this has been definitely a blast so i i know here in the month of december we are celebrating the holidays Mm -hmm. We're doing a variety, though, of, it's just, they are holiday-themed, but we're going all over. All over the place. Yeah, some familiar stuff, a few first-time watches for me, so I'm excited, I'm excited. So, thank you, my friend, thank you. So, until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams.